Welcome to the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where the conversation about discipleship is always real for real people in real life. Hello, I'm Lance Wigton, and uh, again, I have the pleasure to be with Jim Putman, who is the senior pastor here at Real Life Ministries, and and I am the communications director here at Real Life Ministries, and. Uh, it's been it's been a strange time over the last couple of months between uh, coronavirus and enclosures and social distancing and uh, moving on to um, moving on to uh, killer hornets uh, <laughs> to rumors about UFOs and to uh, recently uh, riots and racial protests. Um Jim, how do you handle that in a, with your discipleship group when uh, the environment is always changing and the reaction from the, the public is uh, so diverse but yet so elevated on both sides? Uh, what do you tell your people in your group? Yeah, that's, that's good. I think um, that's a good question. There's just, um, as, a, as a person who wants to um, be a Christ follower and make disciples and, and be a disciple. Mm-hmm. Uh, first I have to go, okay. Um, you know, I kind of have a healthy skepticism about what I hear from the world, mm-hmm. the, what they understand, what they believe in the stories that they tell. Uh, what I try to do is be, be so grounded in the word and familiar with, with what God's doing and again, I sit, I repeat, try because uh, there are seasons where I watched too much news and I'm ticked off right now, mm-hmm. uh, and I have to work back through what does God's word say? What should my attitude be? Um, how do I handle this? But but I, I want to be grounded enough to go. All right, um, is there anything in Scripture here that tells me something that's contrary to what they're saying? Uh, is there, are they trying to move me towards a reaction that would be ungodly? Mm-hmm. The, you know, let's who, who is they, who would the, the they, they be? would be whoever's controlling the media, uh, whoever, uh, is, is, uh, trying to, to, with an agenda, mm-hmm. create an outcome, a belief system in me. One of the things that I know is that, uh, the scripture says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. There is a spiritual realm mm-hmm. that he's a deceiver. He's a liar. That in Christ, I know the reality of things, the eternal spiritual reality. Uh, I know that God's word is clear on so many things. So I, I just try to sift through. I try to discern what is their agenda? What are they trying to do? What is the outcome that they want? What are they producing? Whether it's their agenda or not. They may not even mean to, but what are they producing in me and in other people? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and what does God's word say about that? So, I, you know, with the coronavirus, I've watched several different um, point of views being, you know, pushed out there in the media. And I've got the the point of view that says we're going to die. This is terrible. It's going to kill everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and just stepping back from the fear of that, their, their desire to promote and produce fear and go back and go, wait a second. Um, this world isn't all there is. Mm -hmm. Death isn't the worst thing that happens. Uh, whatever they say, it looks like, 
God uh, is in control. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is my life down here on planet Earth? And and just walking through, uh, even if it's the worst case scenario, I got to put God into the equation and say I'm immortal till God says otherwise. That uh, uh, otherwise, I, that doesn't mean that I should be stupid. But moving from fear and reaction and mob mentality to mm-hmm. what does Jesus say so that I think clearly about it and I listen clearly. One of the things I always want to do is go, is there another side to this equation? Is there voices that would that might even this out that no one's listening to or, or um, that no, these other folks aren't being allowed to speak? So I, I watch that in, in, in this situation. You've got those out there that are promoting fear. And certainly uh, there's the other side that says, ah, this is nothing. And is that true? No, this is clearly killing people uh, of a very specific group. And it's very dangerous for for that group. So I'm not going to swing the pendulum over from fear to what are you afraid of? There's nothing to be afraid of. Well, I would say, wait a minute. Uh, Afraid, if this world isn't my home and and God's at work, and if I die, if that's the worst that's going to happen, then mm-hmm. so be it. Um, but I, I try to reason through biblically both sides of the situation. So, again, you've got the side that's afraid. Why are they afraid? Well, they're afraid because they're not bringing God into the equation. This life is often all they have. Mm-hmm. So if this is all they have, then they're going to protect it and fight for it and, and be be fearful. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, it's not all I have. This isn't all there is. On the other side of the issue, you've got people who are conspiracy theorists, uh, theorists who are who are saying uh, these guys are trying to control us. They have this agenda, and again, they may have this agenda. But bringing God into the equation says, uh, unless God allows it or works in it. Whatever the enemy is trying to do, uh, the human enemy or the spiritual enemy, God is able to work this through. So on one side, you've got those who are fearful that we're going to die. On the other side, you've got those who are fearful that control is going to be taken mm-hmm. and the devil's going to take over our country. And all. It's just, either way, it's fear, which leads to frustration and anger, bitterness. Um, it leads to swinging the pendulum too far, not critical thinking, not allowing the Holy Spirit to work through what's going on. And, and so you've got this craziness on both sides uh, that, that's you know, polarizing us into two divided sides and not actually hearing each other, not even listening to the evidence for the other side. Critical thinking goes out the door and relationship is lost because we're, we're uh, dividing over these things. And, and, and ultimately, I think the devil wins. And, and those who do have an agenda, and I think there is a political agenda here. Uh, I think there is a power struggle for who's going to control this country. I think there is a spiritual enemy who's really got even a, a higher agenda uh, or lower, depending on how you see it. Right. Uh, I think there is those kinds of things. But but here's the deal. All I can do is do the best I can to love God and love others right where I am. Mm-hmm. I can shout at the darkness and get all upset and freaked out and freak out everybody around me mm-hmm. for one reason or another. Or I can go, God's got control. God loves me. Uh, he'll show me what I need to do. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. The, the spirit of, of the flesh or the enemy is, uh, is 
divisiveness, anger, frustration, fits of rage. And God calls me to live by the spirit instead of by the flesh. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what the environment uh, throws at you. Right. Because if you bring God into the equation and you have the Holy Spirit present in your life, you're able to think clearly rather than react and, and jump in with the mob uh, overcorrect, swing mm-hmm. the pendulum too far. You're able to avoid those things and to walk in the spirit, to be a source of peace and, and thoughtfulness and care in a time of panic and running over the top of each other and dividing. 2020 so far has been a strange year to say the very least however uh you being a history buff you know that as far as like disease goes this isn't the plague right uh so it helps you naturally put it in perspective but i have heard a lot of christians uh get uh very fearful about what's going on and and kind of the order of uh some of the uh, events that have happened just so far this year. And I hear them throw out the uh, revelation card end of yeah. days. Right. Uh, what's your response to Christians, disciples that you're in group with uh, that come out with that? Well, it's first of all, to know whether it's the end of days is above my pay grade. God, mm-hmm. I'm not a prophet. God hasn't told me that this is the end of days, anything, any more than he has in scripture that says we're in the last days. Right. right? Um, are we in the last, last days? Maybe. Um, as you said, historically, countries have fallen. Mm-hmm. Rome fell. Uh, different countries in Europe fell when the Muslims came. There have been uh, plagues, wars. Uh, all kinds of things throughout history. Uh, when you think about the end of days, a lot of people are like, are we going to be here for the tribulation? I always want to point out that for many who live around the world right now, it's already been the tribulation. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Uh, if you're a Christian, you're going to be arrested. They're going to rape your kids and your wife. They're going to uh, kill you. How much more tribulation can there be if you're living in Pakistan as a Christian or Mm -hmm. Iraq or Iran? So it's only in America we wonder, you know, about peacetime. Uh, is, is, is he going to come before the great tribulation during and all that? Although there is truth in all that and there is theological basis for all that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is the end time or if this is just America falling. I remember Billy Graham saying years ago that God's going to have to do something about America pretty quick or he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this country has been going through this process of becoming more and more ungodly, more and more confused, more and more reactionary, uh, win at all costs. Uh, the world has dealt with it was Ebola or H1N1 mm-hmm. or swine flu. Swine flu. It, I mean, all this is terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it the end of it? I don't know. Uh, to be honest with you, I hope so. Mm-hmm. And I hope for the pre-tribulational uh, view where I'm before it really, I mean, gets way, way worse. I, I'm hoping that I'm out. Mm-hmm. But if I have to be here, then I hope I'm mid-trib then, then, then. Then, then I hope I'm out. But if I have to go post-trib, God, give us the strength to be who you call us to be, no matter how the end game uh, plays out. Well, I know, uh, speaking for myself, I am not pro-suffer. No. I, I, uh, I am pro-comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, 
Jesus coming to the uh, earth and being where he was, I think, plays a great example for us as Christians today. And as as Christ followers, he, uh, he was a Jew. The Romans, Romans were a part or were over that part of the country. So politically, uh, he wasn't in control. They, you know, there was other forces against him. Yeah. He, he showed how to play in that environment. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, when it comes to health, um, you know, we get so worried about uh, what our future health is. And I get it because uh, that mean, and that makes an impact on people. But uh, Jesus was there. Uh, he volunteered for a incredibly difficult health situation yeah. for us. Right. And if we and if we can rest on that and focus on that versus uh, what's on the news and uh, or 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 what people are saying on social media, I feel like we're we're yards ahead and not getting distracted and keeping that perspective you're talking about. Yeah, I think I I've been reading. I think it's in Jude where he talks about um, maybe it's been in First Peter where where Lot is living in Sodom and Gomorrah and his righteous soul anguished at the wickedness he saw around mm-hmm. himself. And, you know, I, I look around and see what's going on and whether it's abortion or the gender lies that are being propagated, uh, the homosexuality, the violence, the depression, the anxiety, the, you know, now we've got the, um, the rioting and all mm-hmm. these kinds of things and, and prejudice. All of those things for a Christ follower who we were all built for heaven, for righteousness and mm-hmm. love. And we're living in a broken world. We're groaning, Paul says, inwardly waiting for our, for our uh, uh, the world to be redeemed and restored. It's, it's, it just causes you to grieve when you see. Um, when I saw that that man being treated so cruelly by a police officer. Mm-hmm. uh whether it was prejudice or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know that would make it even more sinful. Being cruel to any person mm-hmm. of any color for for no reason is wrong. Uh, prejudice is wrong. It's sinful. It's it's of the fallen uh, sin nature. It's of the devil to cause such division and lies in the minds of people, and we see it. We and it grieves us. And then it's like, okay, what do I do? How do I be in this world and not of it? That's that's the tension for us to go. How do we how do we go and deal with that? We can't just sit back and let it happen and watch it because and not do anything about it. Mm -hmm. But what is the right thing to do? That's the tension that we're in right now. And to remember that, yeah, for as long as human beings have been leaders on planet Earth, there's been prejudice, injustice, or injustice. Mm-hmm. There's been abuse because people who are ungodly abuse are prejudiced, fearful, angry, abusive. That's just what human beings in their sinful nature are. Mm-hmm. Jesus had to deal with that on planet Earth. You know, he's had to. He's been. You know, he. Scripture tells us about Daniel and. And even the Israelites in Egypt being used as slaves, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. How do we, in our country, stand up against injustice? Well, in our country, we vote. Uh, in our country, if it is within our power to stand up for somebody who's being treated unjustly, we, we stand up. Uh, 
We are not overly violent because we want to be violent. We're peacemakers. We'll take abuse. We'll even stand up and fight in the right way. We will not fight like the devil for the things of God. We will Mm -hmm. fight the right things in the right way. If we do have to fight physically to protect our family, it's not because we want to. It's not us throwing out our chest and going, uh, uh, bring it on. Because that's, uh, we don't. There's been a change of heart. The, the fruit of the Spirit in us is love and joy and peace. Now, is there a time to stand up and fight? Yes, but we don't do so with a smile on our face, mm-hmm. enjoying uh, hurting people who are hurting people. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to react to injustice and sin, to not participate in it, to not do it ourselves? I mean, I think that's that's part of it. We can't be hypocritical. Why We're saying that they're unjust or that's wrong or this wrong, why we're in our own little life being ungodly in the way we handle things and we're being unjust to people. And and so it, it's going to take us abiding in Christ and us coming together as believers and us being soaked in the word of God and in the spirit of God for us to handle things when it's so difficult and so divided. And... Um, what does it look like not to swing the pendulum from the right or the left and overreact, but to react and pull it back to the center right where God wants it to be? Because these people who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the protests right now. There's a group of people that have been treated poorly uh, because of racism in certain places, for sure. And when they see something like this and they've been treated that way, it just sparks such pain in them and frustration. In our country, it's right for them to protest in a peaceful way something that is wrong. Mm-hmm. But then you've got some people out there that, that come in like a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing that are using this for an agenda to create anarchy, to create some other form of government. They're, they're protesting injustice while they're burning somebody's business mm-hmm. who's innocent, who hasn't perpetrated that injustice. Mm-hmm. And they want to justify it. And it's hypocrisy. You don't, you don't create injustice to protest injustice. It just leads to a line of uh, dominoes of injustice moving outward, ripples creating ripples, creating ripples, which is why Jesus said, when somebody strikes you on your left cheek, give them your right cheek, you know, stop it with you, mm-hmm. forgive it, uh, instead of um, joining in and fighting in an ungodly way. And again, I'm not saying there's not a place to fight, but as we fight, we don't overreact and, and become ungodly in the way that we fight. Mm-hmm. Well, you're this last week, uh, your sermon, uh, you talked about love, uh, you talked about the uh, fruits of the spirit and, uh, you know, w- what is the impact if you don't have love? There's just nothing can good that can come from it. And, uh, it, it, it is through love, how we fight. It is love, how we find justice. It's love, how we communicate to, uh, the world, because the reality is, is, um, if we are like the world and we get in those arenas, uh, then why why would they listen to us? We we don't even stand out from the landscape. We we become almost camouflage in this culture if we act just like it. Yeah, I I I try to put on the mind of Christ and say, all right, 
you've got people who are protesting injustice in a legal way, in a peaceful way. Then you've got some people that are using it uh, to swing the pendulum uh, politically in a, in a different direction. And then you've got some people that out there on the other side of things that think that what he did, did was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he should, you know, there are prejudiced people out there in our country who think that was perfectly okay. And so you've got all of this mixed together. And I think Jesus would look at those people who think racism is okay. And he would just, he, he, I think he would be sorrowful and saddened that, that what he created and loved so much and died for sees things that way, mm-hmm. to, you know, th- that they're so broken. Maybe it was passed on to them. It's their willful disobedience. I think he would just be, you've got to be kidding me. And he proved that in the story of the, the Samaritan, the, mm-hmm. good, the, 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 uh, the Samaritan woman. He went into that territory and loved her, one that the Jews would have been prejudiced against. I think Jesus also would look at those who, um, uh, who are overreacting against justice or injustice, you know, uh, like you think about the the zealot uh, who was amongst Jesus' disciples, who a zealot was a group of Jews who were anti-Roman and Mm -hmm. wanted to attack the injustice of the Roman government. And Jesus chose him as a disciple and said, you know, Jesus didn't want to destroy the Romans. He wanted to save the Romans. That had to be hard for that zealot to see. God's chosen people being abused by the Romans, and yet Jesus was concerned about them, wanted to reach them. And and uh, what does it look like to put on the mind of Christ in this situation and be sorrowful for the sin and the injustice, do what we can to remedy it and point it to the one who has promised to fix it someday for those who, who believe, who, who can redeem it, and to trust in Jesus. And that's the hard part. Because for me, I, I am a political person. I'm also a fighter by nature. Mm-hmm. I see injustice. I want to fight. I want to crush it. But I forget that the ones that I want to crush who are being unjust, God cares about and wanted to save them too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a very complicated situation that we're living in. And uh, none of us were called to be uh, vid, uh, vigilantes. Uh, uh, that wasn't one of the things. That isn't yeah. how we serve people. Yeah. Well, in North Idaho, too, we've got the, the group of people who are, they claim the Second Amendment rights mm-hmm. and the Constitution. And and they're Christians, right? And they know more about the Constitution than they know about what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And and again, I'm for the Second Amendment. I got guns. I love to hunt. I love to do all that. Uh, I don't want somebody to take away my guns. Uh, but at the same time, if the law says, Romans 13 says, that I should obey the leaders. And so I have to wrestle with what does that look like if they choose to take away rights that, that I, I like and I think we should have based on a constitution that's 200 years old plus. Mm-hmm. If the rules change now, what does it look like to honor God and honor the authority that God, that God allows on planet Earth for a time? And those are all wrestling matches that right now here in America, we're having to wrestle through that we haven't in a long time. Mm-mm. Because no matter what side you're on right now, you think America has become a pit. 
If you're on the, the liberal side, you're thinking these conservatives have ruined America. If you're on the, the conservative side, you think these liberals have ruined America. Everybody's got a view of what they think it ought to look like, and it's totally different. And Jesus said a house divided against itself can't stand. How is this going to work itself out? And how are we going to be God's people in the midst of all these fires all around us? That's going to take serious abiding, walking with Jesus, serious wisdom, uh, if we're going to uh, thrive in that environment. Absolutely. Uh, Jim, I appreciate your thoughts today. Uh, 2020, we hope and pray that it's smooth sailing from here on out. But if it's not, you've really given us some things to, to think about and talk to others around us about uh, as we are in the middle of crisis. Yeah, I, I guess my hope for Christians is to step back for a minute. Jesus said the world was going to be broken. Step back. Don't get on the crazy train. Mm -hmm. Don't get into mob mentality on either side. Step back and ask, what, what does Jesus say is right here? And how would, would Jesus have us act when something's wrong? Mm -hmm. And go to the word, because God's word is useful. God, God inspired. All scripture is inspired. Uh, God breathed, useful for teaching, training, correcting, uh, God's word has to be our guide through all this, not our flesh, not the people around us, not the culture, not the news, not the news, because they have an agenda. Mm -hmm. They have a, a perspective. They're pushing by shaping the agenda, by shaping the information, excluding some voices, picking other voices. And they're shaping the agenda around a storyline they're trying to promote. And many of them have no idea that there's a spiritual enemy behind all of this mm -hmm. and really doesn't care. Whether you're more right or more wrong, he just wants to see division. Thank you for joining us on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where we want you to remember discipleship is simple. It's just not easy. 